I was working away at my desk one day last week and I got a text message from Electric Ireland. When Alice Coyle received a text from Electric Ireland asking for updated payment details, she didn't give it too much thought. She'd got a bill in the post from them just the day before, so it didn't strike her as too unusual. So I was just, oh God, I better deal with this. I know I have to update my details. And, you know, the back of my head was like, this is a pain, but I better just deal with it. Click the link and put in my details, updated my payment details with Electric Ireland. What Alice didn't realise at the time was that this was just the beginning of a sophisticated scam, which would see her Revolut bank account be drained of €10,000 within the next 30 minutes. I watched the total go down by five grand. The next authorization came up, I clicked it, I watched the total go down by another 5,000. I was flustered, bamboozled. I was also getting a little bit like, which way is up? Alice, who was tech savvy and fraud aware, was caught off guard. And if she could be duped, well, anyone could be. So why hasn't there been a concerted clampdown on them? And what can you do if it happens to you? This is in the news from the Irish Times. I'm Bernice Harrison. Today, how Alice lost €10,000 in a Revolut scam. Alice, it all started with a text from, or what appeared to be from, Electric Ireland. What happened then? I was working away at my desk one day last week and I got a text message from Electric Ireland and I had actually received an Electric Ireland bill the day before. So I was just, oh God, I better deal with this. I know I have to update my details. There's something about Revolut having changed IBANs and, you know, the back of my head was like, this is a pain, but I better just deal with it. So I clicked the text, clicked the link. Um, I'm blue in the face telling people not to click the links, but I clicked the link and put in my details, updated my payment details with Electric Ireland. The Electric Ireland website looked absolutely perfect. And then it transferred me to the Revolut website. And I thought that's a bit odd. It's funny that I'm entering Revolut details into an online site. But anyway, again, I looked up at the, the URL or whatever it's called up the top and it had a revolut.online.com or something. Looked fine. So I entered all my Revolut details for the virtual card that was to be used to pay the electric iron bill. Job done, forgot all about it, went back to work. And then I got a call from a private number. It was uh, Revolut. So this guy, Andrew, lovely, friendly Irish guy, says, hello, I'm calling from Revolut. We're just checking up on some suspicious activity on your Revolut account. Somebody has logged in and made a payment. And I said, oh, yeah, that's, that's fine. That's me. I was just paying my Electric Ireland bill. And he said, OK, did Electric Ireland contact you? And I said, yeah, they sent me a text. And he said, and was there a link in it? <laughs> the cogs started turning in my head. And I was like, yes, it was Electric Ireland. And it was a text message and it was a link. And he said, OK, well, there's been three attempts to charge your card with €5,000 in the last few minutes. Was that you? And I said, oh, Jesus. That's when the penny dropped. So I started to panic. And he said, well, look, you know, first of all, don't worry. It's fine. We'll get this back for you. I want you to know that I won't ask you for any of your banking details in this call. And also, I have to say that the, the call has been recorded for training purposes and whatever it is, that thing. So all that made you trust him? I couldn't believe he was here to to rescue me. He was going to rescue me from my absolute stupidity that I had just been conned with an Electric Ireland text message. Yeah. And what happened then? 
he talked me through what to do. He said, we're going to have to go through the, you are going to receive an authorization request in your app. So you need to hit that. And then when that's gone through, we can reverse it. And then we'll do it again and we'll do it again for the three payments and that'll reverse it. I was like, okay, okay, okay. And my head is going 90. So he's chatting away. He said, has that um, authorization request popped up yet? And I said, yeah, it's there. So he said, click it. So I clicked it and I watched the total go down by five grand. And I was like, God, Jesus, that's a bit weird to look at that. Are you sure this is the way we're meant to do it? He said, oh yeah, no, this is just the way we do it. And then he says, look, you know, it's really bad scam artists at the moment. It's just we're flat out in Revolut dealing with this at the moment and we can't keep up with them because they're getting incredibly sophisticated. And he said, you'll probably get a text message now from them. And I said, I looked and there was a text message. I can't even remember what it said. He said, don't touch that. That's them. So you were trusting him even more by every minute. You were trusting this guy. He was saving my ass. I was so relieved. I would have done anything Andrew asked me to do. But I was also getting a little bit bamboozled. I was also getting a little bit like, which way is up? Because it all just seemed a bit strange, but it, not suspiciously strange. Just, I was flustered. I, I mean, I had just fallen for a scam. They were going to help me fix it. The next authorization came up. I clicked it. I watched the total go down by another 5,000. And I started to go, I'm kind of embarrassed to ask you this, Andrew, do I need to check that you're real? And he said, I completely understand. That's absolutely fine let me send you a text message. And I was like, mm, text message doesn't really prove anything. Like, can I phone you? And he said, you'll see that the number is actually a private number. And that's because banks need to do that. Like he said, we had to do this. The sooner, the better, the higher the chance of getting the money back if we just did it quickly. So I was in this kind of catch 22. Like if I don't trust him, then maybe the scam artists get the extra money. But if I do trust him, maybe he's a scam artist. So I said, look, I'm actually really not comfortable with hitting the authorised button a third time and watching it go down by another five grand. I need to prove that you are who you are. And he said, no, that's fine. He said, I'm just asking my supervisor to email you there now. And he said, you can email me now at support at revolute.ie or .com. And he said, has that um, that third request come in there? And I said, yeah, it's there. And he goes, okay. And I said, well, look. And that would have been for an extra five. That would have been for 15 grand. And I said... I can't do this until we just figure this out. And he said, no problem. My, my supervisor is going to phone you now. And then he hung up. So at what point did the horrible penny drop? And by the way, Alice, that's an awful lot of money to have readily available in an account, isn't it? It is. It's funny now because the thing is, it wasn't really my money. It was my father's money. He died five years ago. And so this money was kind of sitting in an account, sort of servicing an apartment. So there was rent coming into it and there was electricity bills coming out of it. It kind of wasn't anybody's money yet, if you know what I mean. It just shouldn't have been sitting in a Revolut account, but it was. So after Andrew hung up, what happened then? I was already suspicious and then he hung up. So that confirmed it straight away. Okay, I can't believe he was fake as well as the text message. I couldn't believe it. So what do I do? Where, like, who do I call? I started Googling. I started looking through the app. In the app, you can select transactions. The transactions were going to Binance, which is like a crypto wallet. So I selected the two 5,000 amounts. You can click. There's a sort of choice of options. And I clicked, I don't recognize these transactions or I did not authorize these on purpose or whatever. 
it, it initiated a chargeback request. So did you feel then, well, that's it. I've stopped it. I've stopped no. the transaction. I no, it, it, no, it was okay. a request. I couldn't find a way to contact them except for the in-app chat there's like a robot called Rita who is your first response when you get onto them in that in-app chat. And she said, well, here's how it works. We block the amount, we hold it and we wait for the merchant to collect the amount of money. And so that's called pending. If you're holding it and you're waiting for them to collect it, and I'm telling you that these are criminals, please stop. Please don't give it to them. Please take it back. I spent about eight hours on their AI chatbot trying to have that conversation. So that was a chatbot though. That wasn't a person. It starts off with a chatbot and then it goes to supposedly people, but I believe it's mostly AI generated because there was a, a lot of it just didn't make sense. They weren't answering questions. It wasn't a human. I mean, it was definitely a lot of AI involved. And it was extremely frustrating because it said pending. So I thought there was a chance of stopping these transactions. And there's three email addresses when you dig around the website and each of those redirects you to the in-app chat. Like even I got through to someone on Twitter and they said, look, I can see that our in-app chat is dealing with this. So, you know, we'll leave it with them. To be honest, that was more upsetting than the scam. The fact that I couldn't talk to a human being. And so I I, I sat down and wrote, wrote down the whole thing of what had happened. And I went to the guards The guards took a statement and they are going to try and chase up an IP address that I was able to give them. But there's not an awful lot they can do. Um, And because it's not like hundreds of thousands, then it doesn't get escalated to the fraud department. The guards here in Connemara also couldn't phone Revolut or email them, which seems crazy. They told me if it was Bank of Ireland or AIB or any of the other banks, they could could get in touch with them and say, please hold, hold this transaction until we get to the bottom of it. Now, what's the current situation with Revolut? What's your current situation with Nothing. Revolut? They've washed their hands of me. Nothing. They haven't dealt with me. Um, I lodged a formal complaint through their complaints procedure and they came back to me last night, essentially saying, look, we've considered your complaint. We've looked at all the details. We're so sorry for the distress this has caused you. But, you know, you shouldn't um, authorise payments to criminals. We're not accepting your complaint. So the crux of... It is. It's the you authorised yeah. mm-hmm. the payment. Yeah. Okay. It actually said, it says careless. There's a, there's a line in, in some of their terms and conditions. It's if you were careless enough to share your details, then sorry, no. And I'm going to have to head for the ombudsman now. So it's a big loss, Alice. I mean, how, how do you feel about that? I kind of have to go a bit zen-like on it, Bernice, to be honest, and just think nobody died because it, it's too upsetting to think about the amount of money that was stolen. I think there's something that that we all need to pay attention to this a lot more because I keep getting stories from people and especially older people who don't report it. They they feel foolish. They feel, oh, I don't know how to use a computer. It was my own fault. I was stupid. I gave the man my number. So it's going on a lot more than we realise. You know, everyone is talking. Everybody you speak to has had a a scam attempt in the last week. They have to do something about this. Well, Alice, thank you so much for telling your story because this is one of these strange crimes, and it is a mm. crime, that's shrouded in mm. shame for the person that's the victim mm. of it. I, I really do feel it, it serves as a really strong warning and a cautionary mm-hmm. tale for people. No problem. Thank you. I'll be talking to Consumer Affairs correspondent Connor Pope after this short break. 
Connor, we've just heard from Alice there, who in the space of a couple of minutes was scammed out of €10,000. And that was a Revolut-based scam. But it seems to me, you know, the scams come and go. You know, none of us anymore get emails from Nigerian princes promising to make us multimillionaires. And readers write into you every week for your Price Watch column about scams. What are the latest ones out there for people to look out for? Well, I suppose you're right in the first instance, Bernice, to say that the scams have evolved and they keep evolving and they keep getting smarter. One of the things about scam artists is they're very much in tune with what's going on in our world. So, for instance, when Ulster Bank and KBC were leaving the market, there was a lot of scam artists who were piggybacking on that because they knew that people would be changing their banks. And another big scam that an awful lot of people have been cut out with recently is the eFlow scam. Now, that's the simplest scam in the world. You get a text message from eFlow saying, you've gone through the tolls, you need to pay the toll. It's only two or three euros, so people don't think anything of it. They follow the link and then they can lose thousands and thousands of euros, as indeed has happened to one of our readers who contacted us last week. And that's the nature of all scams nowadays because they are very localised. And the software and the technology that you need to become a scam artist now is just so readily available on the dark web. And it's so cheap that it's very, very attractive to criminals. And the other key thing about it is it's also very hard to catch and detect the criminals. Because what you're often talking about is cross-border international criminals operating with a certain number of people, a cell, if you like, in this country. And it just rolls and rolls and rolls and rolls and rolls. Now, we all love to think that we wouldn't fall for a scam. But, you know, I have to say that I nearly fell for, I don't know, do you remember, it was a scam going around maybe last month, the month before, hey, mom, I lost my phone. It was a text, but it was very plausible in tone. And I think anyone who has older kids has probably had a real text, you know, like that at some point. But what did Alice do wrong? She's digitally savvy. She's really smart, but she still got caught. Okay, well, the one thing I'd stress, and I think this is a very important point, Alice did nothing wrong. Alice was the victim of a crime. And I think it's a peculiar element of cybercrime and fraud that there's a degree of victim blaming that goes on. There's a degree of the, oh, well, you shouldn't be so stupid. Now, what happened with Alice was just an unfortunate confluence of events. She was busy. She was stressed. She knew that there was an electric Ireland bill that was falling due on her one of her family's properties. So... Those things came together. Similarly, when I mentioned the eFlow scam that a, a reader contacted us about, he had been through the tolls on multiple occasions in recent days. So it was just perfect for him. Now, you mentioned the hey mom, hey dad scam. And the reason why it can work is that if you send out 10,000 of those messages, there's a chance that a percentage of the people who get that message will have a child who might have broken their phone, who might be out of contact or out of reach of them. If you can send out 50,000 messages and five people fall victim to it, you can make yourself 10 grand in an afternoon. So that's why it's so attractive to the criminals. The reality is the scam artists are getting better. And the terrifying reality, Bernice, is that the scam artists are on the cusp of getting much better. Because I know you've discussed it on the podcast and it has been all over the place in recent months, which is the huge advances in artificial intelligence. And that's going to play into the hands of the criminals. So the whole thing is to just be alert. But the simplest message is... Don't trust any messages you get and never, ever, ever follow a link. 
I suppose it's all very well advising people how to protect themselves, but surely the financial institutions in particular have a role to play here. I mean, the banks, they're pushing us online. In many cases, we don't really have another option and that's saving them a fortune. So surely they have a massive duty of care. Well, here's the thing. I mean, the banks and the financial institutions will say they're doing a lot. And they will say they have a huge range of anti-crime measures in place. And I don't have any reason to doubt them. I would imagine that they push back on a lot of this criminal activity. But there's a difficulty when it comes to transactions that I authorise. And the banks will say, well, if you've authorised this transaction, there's very little we can do. You know, you're effectively, sometimes you're on your own. And the problem is that because of the speed at which we all demand transactions now, that there isn't much time for a bank to claw the money back. So, for instance, one of the unique selling points of Revolut, or one of those fintech companies, is the instantaneous movement of money. And that's fantastic if you're in a restaurant, or we're in a restaurant, and you pay the bill, and I want to pay my half, and I can Revolut the money to you in a heartbeat. But the criminals can utilise that speed at which the money is transferred, because in times past, and sometimes still for the pillar banks, it'll take three days for me to send money from me to you, or at least it'll take a day. And that gives the banks a chance to put the brakes on any kind of transaction. But the, the, the brakes don't really exist when it comes to more advanced fintech companies. And that's a problem. And that's a problem that's partially born out of our desire for things to move faster. The banks have a role to play, undoubtedly. But so do the telecoms companies, because the telecoms companies are allowing these messages to be sent to my phone. And they're allowing a message that purports to be from Revolut or purports to be from AIB or Bank of Ireland to come into a thread of messages that are also from Bank of Ireland. The social media companies have a case to answer. And then I would argue that regulators like the Comreg, the Central Bank, the Department of Finance, all of these have a role to play as well. We need all of these disparate groups to come together quickly and to fix this problem. And I think the only thing that will force their hand is if it's costing them money. Because at the moment, the telecoms companies don't pay anything if I lose 10 grand in a scam. The social media companies don't pay anything if I lose 10 grand in a scam. The financial institution doesn't pay anything if I lose 10 grand in a scam. Make them pay and then they'll fix the problem. One of the things that particularly frustrated Alice was that she couldn't get through to somebody to talk to. Now, you talked there about the financial regulator and the central bank. Well, you know, they license financial institutions. Surely, and maybe this is Pollyanna, old-fashioned kind of stuff, but surely they have a role in stipulating that human communication is in place. Yeah, that's very Pollyanna, Bernice. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Still, and I, I, I mean, do understand where you're coming from. But the reality is that the whole world is moving towards automation and the whole world is moving towards chatbots trying to fix our problems. And when they can fix our problems, that's brilliant. But it's when they can't fix our problems or it's when they can't escalate our problems to somebody who can that it becomes problematic. So what's needed here is an understanding that there are times when I want to talk to a human being. And there are times when somebody like Alice needs to talk to a human being. So there should be mechanisms in place across all of the financial institutions that if somebody is the victim of fraud or somebody suspects that they're the victim of fraud, then they get straight through to a human being. There is a dedicated fraud unit within every bank 
that will look after my problems and will do whatever they can to protect my money. And that again comes back to the whole issue of if it's costing the banks money, they will put the measures in place to save themselves that money. So if somebody has just had that sinking feeling that they've been scammed, what should they do? First off, you report it to the financial institution immediately. Some financial institutions move slower than others at transferring the money, so they might be able to get the money back to you. But it's absolutely critical that you report it and that you stop any future or further fraudulent attempts on your account happening. That's the, the first thing. You also have to report it to the police. Now, I know people will say, oh, there's no point in reporting it to the guards because the guards aren't going to do anything. But what it does is it builds up a database of crime and it gives the authorities more authority when it comes to dealing with the crime in the future. Because they can go to the big tech companies and they can go to the big financial institutions and say, listen, a thousand people in Dublin 7 were fell victim to a crime last week. That's on you. And then in terms of, of, of what else you need to do, obviously you need to change your passwords. You need to make sure that nobody else has future access to your account. And you talk about how you were nearly conned by the mom and dad scam. Like, I've been writing about this for years. And a couple of years ago, I nearly fell victim to it because I got a message from... Netflix saying that they were going to shut off my account. And it's a Tuesday or Wednesday evening. And I was like, oh, God, I don't want my account to be gone. I, I want to watch the telly. So like, I'm, I'm, I'm there going, I'm, I must sort this out. And then suddenly, hang on a second. And sure enough, it was a scam. But, you know, I was on the cusp of being caught out. So again, even people who know about this stuff can still fall victim. Finally, Connor, from your Price Watch column, do you know if people have been scammed and they tell you about it, do they typically get their money back? Uh, no. This is a short and rather dispiriting answer to your question. Sometimes they do. If we can highlight that a bank or a fintech has done something wrong, then they'll get the money back. And there was an example of it in a story we had a few months back when a reader contacted us and he detailed how thousands of euro was drained from his Revolut account in real time. And he was able to prove that he was on the phone to Revolut saying... Please stop this money leaving my account while the money was leaving his account. And while that was happening, a Revolut employee was saying, now, can you please send us a picture of you holding your driver's license? They gave him the money back in that instance. And there have been other instances when they returned the money. And we've talked about Revolut a couple of times, but it's important to stress, this is not a Revolut problem. This is a problem for every financial company. And I've spoken to the other banks in recent days, and they say they will return maybe... 50, 70% of the money that is, is stolen from their customers. But it very much is a case-by-case -case basis. Now, it's important to stress that in the UK, they're moving to a different model. Legislation is coming in the UK that will force financial institutions to reimburse people who've been the victim of this type of fraud, this type of scam. And I think that's what we need in this country. And that has to happen at an EU-wide level. And again, there is talk of that coming down the tracks, but it needs to come down the tracks a lot faster than it is. Thanks very much, Connor. Thanks a lot. That's it for today. For Connor Pope's Price Watch column, subscribe at irishtimes.com forward slash subscribe. I'm Bernice Harrison. This episode was produced by Suzanne Brennan. In the news, we'll be back soon.